I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Jen. Shall I read out today's letter? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, this is from Marcus, and he says... In one of your recent podcasts, you mentioned that you only do your core business. I'm assuming this means you eliminate, automate, or delegate the rest. I'm really struggling to give myself permission to focus on my core business and address all the negative fears that this brings up. I'd be very interested to hear you both discuss what you outsource, how you made the decision, how it's working out practically and financially, and what you've learned along the way. There is way too much going on in my business, and I'm fearful that by focusing on the part I want to do, I'll end up with a net loss. I'm also struggling to figure out how I can make use of a virtual assistant to process email, book appointments, and do some of the admin. So the reason that I thought this was a really interesting question, mm. everyone listening, is because this is one of the rare areas where Sarah and I are va- quite opposite. Yeah, we are really different. Completely opposite and different in many ways. And I thought it would be interesting because I feel like this is one of those things that it comes up a lot in my coaching calls, actually. Someone gets to the point where they're like, what do I delegate? How do I hire help? Or should I? And all these different questions, but I don't feel like there's a lot of external conversation about it. No, and people tend to kind of stumble through it so maybe don't feel like they're in a position to offer advice which I would definitely class myself as but I can talk about what I do do and what works and what doesn't work today so I'm kind of thinking this this episode is automation elimination delegation should we put on the table our current situations of that so people understand you go first mine none of it mine is just all elimination I don't want employees I don't want people on the payroll I don't want to have to do much I have built a business that doesn't need much of that there's nothing I need to delegate in all honesty the only thing I outsource is my editing but I outsource it to my husband who is paid a wage for my business every month Mm -hmm. so but it's not the same as having an employee because he's my husband (laughs) so so he does all my audio editing whether that's for podcasts or for classes or products that I create and that's it and there is literally nothing else in my business that I delegate there's not really anything that I automate mostly it's elimination from the sense of I only really do the necessary work that my business needs there's a book called essentialism and I read that book very early on in my business and that really shaped my approach to running this business you keep it really lean as well which but because I only want my business isn't I don't want an empire I don't want a business I can sell one day I don't want a big machine or a big studio I want a business where the majority of the profit comes home with me yeah it's a lifestyle business very to its core there's a book by Paul Jarvis called Company of One that I really really recommend reading because I think that tell me if you I'm really curious if this is true for you I feel this is one of my controversial opinions Mm. but I think that hiring staff has become one of the markers for traditional success of a small business so I think for some people and Paul Jarvis talks about this a lot in the book that we've kind of think like oh once I get to the point where I need staff I need more 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 to keep the business running whereas his argument is build the leanest business possible Mm. that gives you the most profit that gives you the most freedom and I think for some I've definitely had some clients in the past who've just who've asked me Jen am I at the point where I should be having an assistant or I should be outsourcing these things and I think it's just it's become one of those things where it's like oh that person has an assistant it's a bit like premises people do something similar with premises yeah like, it legitimizes it a little bit yeah and I think it, it's that it makes them feel more legitimate within their business if they've got an assistant or if they've got an office that they drive to every day and in that respect, we're the same in that I'm quite stingy in my business and I will not spend money on anything that isn't essential. So it took me 
really getting to the point of nearly breaking before I was ready to take on any help in terms of like admin support, support with my classes. It was like I was truly well and truly pushed. And you and the good thing to keep in mind here is everyone's listening to this is Sarah and I have very different businesses. Mm. I have a client-based business where my work is literally my clients. That is how I make a living. That's the work I do. Whereas Sarah has much more of an empire business where you have classes that you're running and lots of different things that you're doing. I tell everyone kind of what your team looks like so my team is myself of course my husband came on board a couple of years ago his responsibilities he edits the podcast he does some admin he does the bookkeeping he does the stuff I'm really bad at and he also does childcare, which technically isn't classed as part of my business but actually in order for our household to run and me to be able to work there needs to be someone there so Someone's I either, gotta pick all the yeah, school. <laughs> exactly so and I used to only have like so many hours four hours five hours a day to work because I was doing that so him coming on board has freed me up to work full-time and then I also have my virtual assistant Naomi who's actually in Australia we met when she took my very first Insta retreat class and a, maybe about six months after I'd started running that and I'd been running subsequent classes. I knew I needed help and I put out an ad on Instagram and did a whole recruitment process. I had written application forms and then there was like a written interview that went out to about six people. And then I did a final Skype interview with Naomi who scored the best on everything. And she is fantastic. I would be lost without her. I tell her quite frequently she's not allowed to leave. So she is in all my classes helping to answer student questions. And because she's been doing it now for like three or four years, she's really clued up on all the content. She knows what I want her to say. And she just sometimes help with things like email support and stuff as well. And then the other side of my outsourcing is things like graphic design, website help, the stuff that I could do and I could do an okay job of, but someone else could do quicker, better, more effectively. And being able to do that really, and being able to let go of that for myself really only came about when there was enough money in my business for me to see that my time could be better spent doing other things, would be more profitably spent doing other things. And it's really interesting because I remember a few months ago, we had a whole conversation about this. Was there this, what should we talk about when it was? When I was doing my guided journal. Oh, I was thinking of the workbook for... Oh, well, the well. so your graphic designer is the same graphic designer that we used to design the workbook that we did. For the Hopeful Creative. Which we we were both super cool with that because we were like, it's made enough profit, we want to outsource it to something And good. we were both really stretched time-wise, so we wanted to create It made no sense of doing that. So this is, sorry, for the workshop for the day that we did with the yes, follow-up the, mentoring. And then I recently released a guided journal and Sarah was like, outsource the design, outsource the design. And I made a very strong decision not to do that and I don't think you I think you are you're crazy Jen you should outsource this design because I know that you and I are both because of our health we're like on limited spoons limited energy reserves and all I could see was like all the other stuff you could do if you were not having to design that book I, I, and I'm only going to share this to offer an alternative perspective to anyone listening who because I think that the general rule of like oh I someone could do this better than me and it frees up my time makes sense but I think there is a caveat to that for me like doing my own design was really important to me for me to do that project mm. like making every chapter and then putting every design in place was the only way that I maintained the energy to keep on doing yes. it and I love doing I've built a business that gives me enough space that I have time to waste designing and doing the creative fun stuff fun stuff and I think it all depends on the type of business you've built and I think it, and also for me when I was creating this product I didn't want 
to have to spend money on something to then feel the pressure for it to make money back for me yes does that make sense yeah. I wanted the but for me I really enjoyed the design process and I think that I think this comes down to personality style and also business style because for you your business asshole like you do more speak I, I say no to every speaking event I ever get you do more speaking events than me you travel a lot more than me for work like you've actually got more hours demanding of you in your business whereas my business is kind of two days a week of coaching and then the rest to do whatever the hell I want with and I think it's just good to keep in mind here that sometimes you're you are the exception to the rule well, do you know what I think it comes down to is what is the work you want to be doing, doing yeah, and you yeah. wanted to be doing that design work so therefore it makes no sense to outsource yeah. that I enjoy design work but when I'm stressed when I've got a million other things yeah, on my plate more, yeah the idea of sitting and, and it takes me so long because I'm like, I know it's not right, but I can't work out why. Yeah. Like I've not got that intuition that a graphic designer has. So even though I'd enjoy it on a clear schedule, I know that when I've got a million other things to do, that actually it feels much better to take it off my list and to get someone else to do it. And that's going to look different in everyone's business. Like, so some people will love the design work and want to keep that in-house, but hate the bookkeeping to send that out. And someone might be the complete opposite. I think this is where it all comes down to really listening to yourself. Like one of the things I get my clients to do when they're thinking about outsourcing help is I get them to do one or two things. Either make a list of all the things they do in their business. And then what are the things that they have to do? What are the things that only them can do? And then what are the things that they love doing? and need to kind of feel in connection with the business what are the things they hate doing and they don't have to do and they can outsource and then what are the things that they could do and it's fine to do but like you with the design but by outsourcing it it frees them up to do more of the top level stuff yeah that's a really great way to just get a picture of what's happening and then the second thing once you kind of are thinking that you need help write a job spec like literally write down because just saying i need an assistant that's not very helpful. Do you need no. a graphic design assistant? Do you need an admin assistant? What kind of web skills do they yeah, need? Yeah. And I would also say here, it can start out as, oh, I just needed someone to do a couple of emails a week. So you ask a friend and that can really quickly damage a friendship and become a really difficult working relationship. That was something I tried at an early stage. So treat it as a job. Like if you've got an audience that you can put it out to, you can do that, but make it really clear that it's a recruitment process. And that doesn't mean they have to be an employee. They can still be a freelancer that you just regularly hire. There's certain legalities around that. They have to have other clients in order for them to be classed as a freelancer in tax terms in the UK. But it's not a huge responsibility. You can always, you know, tell them that there's no more work with the appropriate notice period, but treat it like a professional engagement. Because it's these these three things. Like, So everyone gets to a point in their business where you're at capacity. Yeah. And there's all three questions. Okay, what do I eliminate? What do I delegate? And what do I automate? Do you automate anything in your business? So the thing I find with automation is it very rarely fits for my business. Mm. The products, the services that exist, I've yet to find one that does the stuff I need it to do. And it might vary very much depending on the kind of business you have. I know some people are real automation fanatics. Certainly if it exists, you might as well be using it. But I find it takes an awful lot of time to set up. It takes a lot of maintenance and it doesn't bring great rewards for me. Maybe a couple of years ago, especially in the US kind of entrepreneurial world, I remember there was a massive push for automation. Mm. People were like, automate everything so you can work less and live more and blah, blah, blah. But really what I think it is, it takes the human out of the process. Yeah, and that's why I'm not a fan of like sales funnels Mm -hmm. and all of those like automated email chains because there are opportunities for a point of contact with your audience and just even the stupid things like you know if there's been a world tragedy that day and you've got an email that's just automatically going out going hope you're having a great day everybody 
it's it's a misfire on like humanity front completely i think there's like the only things i can think that are automated in my business like payments are automated booking calendar yeah so i have a whole system that takes on client bookings payments. i think it might be useful for we name some apps and things that we use actually yeah here. i use satori yeah that's like a complete platform built for coaches i think that's the only other thing i sometimes automate is i have a boomerang plugin for gmail and if I know I'm going to be away, but so every Monday I check in with all my clients for the week. And if I know I'm not going to be at my desk that Monday, I'll schedule those mm. to go out. That's a, honestly about it for me, my side of things. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I use Calendly, which is yeah. good if you need to book things like podcasts or meetings regularly. That can be free. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. Because, yeah, the automation, it just hasn't proved as helpful as I would have hoped. I know for other different types of businesses, automation can be powerful. We just don't have... We just don't run those type of, the other, I do think anything that comes like payments, like automated, like my kind of payment yeah. system is that the invoice automatically, go, I don't have to send invoices. Yeah. And like my Pilates instructor. So when she books me on the calendar, it automatically sends me emails, automatically yeah. sends me reminders. It automatically keeps track of like how many sessions we've got left, all of that kind of stuff. So she's not having to worry about any of it. And then as we share a delegation. I'm like, don't delegate because I don't really have anything to delegate. And then Sarah, as you have delegated very intentionally, like you don't have anyone on the team who doesn't have a job. No. And occasionally if there's extra bits, I might like find someone off Fiverr yeah. or something to do something. Usually that's a mistake, but I'm sure there's some good people <laughs> on there. I mean, there is there is a school of thought with delegation that says if someone can do something to 70% of the standard that you can do it, you should be delegating it. I mean, I don't agree with anything that says this 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 yeah this, well this. this is the problem with rules and that's certainly not how it applies in my business I'm not really happy with 70% of the standard of what I'm doing I'd like 100% at least 90 it's got to be 90 I think it all comes down to the business you've built like I have very intentionally built a business that will not need anyone else to run it yeah does that make sense whereas you've got a business that has grown to the scope where you could not do all of this by yourself yeah yeah and the people I see who maybe have bigger teams sort of the hallmarks of that bigger team is they're able to put out a lot more content yeah often it looks really slick and really yeah, professional yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of it out there and they have all these systems in place and yeah they are like really profitable quite a lot of the time yeah. for them but to me when I look at those businesses I know it's not right for me it doesn't appeal to me because it feels too removed from that human contact and from that actual like I really like that not only are our businesses quite lean, but they're also quite, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, we're able to be really reactive. Yeah, we're not tied into anything. Yeah, so that we're able to say, like, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something different this month. And you're able to kind of just t change your mind and, and be, you're able to be, yeah, really flexible. I think the thing to keep in mind here is, does it feel, like, say you've got a lot of tasks that you're feeling too stretched and you can just have a VA for maybe 10 hours a week who can take the edge off you that's great like do you know what I mean like if you if you it's just like do you have things that you don't want to do anymore that you can then pass on to someone else and work out the cost and then work out what you'd have to sell in order to break even yeah, on that yeah. I just think the first question anyone should be asking themselves is what type of business am I building here am I building the type of business where I want it to grow into an agency and have a team am I building the kind of business where I want a whole team around me who's helping me do all these different things do I want the kind of business where I just have one team member who's just as invested as I am or do I want the kind of business where it only needs me and it's completely flexible to my needs I think don't let the business run you is what I'm saying yeah like you decide what you're doing here and then make decisions from there because once the business 
starts to feel out of your control and you're making decisions from that place, you're getting stuck into something that you didn't choose for yourself. Well, then I guess that's where the elimination really comes into it, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's knowing when something comes in, what that's going to add to your workload, what that requires of you in terms of staff and hours, and whether it's really going to take you closer to your your kind of core business goals completely and because I think you can't eliminate everything to like I have things in my business that I don't love doing so like taxes yeah. I don't love doing which I should to be very honest I should outsource my taxes and my accounting I'm just a control freak in all honesty <laughs> like it's just a control and it's just it's an authority issue for me like the like the thought of sitting down with like someone in a suit I'm just like so adverse to that but I think it's there's things for me if something is not like 10 out of 10 enjoyable but it supports the existence of something that does bring me joy yeah I'm cool with that do you know what I mean there's always going to be parts of our business that we don't love doing and that might change and evolve and not all of them are possible to outsource so it's it's kind of finding that balance isn't it of get rid of the stuff that it's less about not enjoying it I suppose and more about it not thriving at it and not doing your best work if it takes it. away your joy like if you like I have many clients who have they don't love writing so they have copywriters yeah many of my clients have podcast editors because they don't love podcast editing and it's just like if Alex wasn't if my husband wasn't a podcast editor by trade I would still have a podcast editor the reason I don't edit my podcast is I think I'm fine at actually the doing of it, but I get really sucked into the minutiae of, should I take that um out that I said and I really scrutinise my own speech and I know it's not good for me. Yeah. So I let someone else do it because I trust that someone else will have more ob- objectivity than I do. Oh, it's a complete like energy thing for me. Like I have no interest in doing that. I would always outsource it. And, I, and like recently I outsourced a photographer. I probably could have set up a tripod myself, mm. but I don't want to do that. Just let someone else. So it's But early on in your business when there was no funds for anything else, you absolutely would have done that. Oh yeah. Or I like my brother's a photographer, so it's like take a photo of me. I the photo on your website was by me Sarah actually did my for photos, and she's wonderful <laughs> and so I think it's Paul Jarvis talks about this a lot instead of having like team just have freelancers who you outsource yeah. different things to which That's I think exactly gives you a I lot work. more flex my biggest I would hate to be responsible for anyone else's paycheck it's too scary and also what I love about working with freelancers is you're able to kind of pay it forward so when your business is mm-hmm. doing well I especially try and support like other female creatives who are kind of, you know, maybe starting out or earlier stages, I I look out for people who I know have not necessarily got loads of testimonials yet because I know I can make a huge difference to their business if I give them a testimonial and recommend them like on my platforms. And I love that. I love that we're able to do that. And so not only does it make my business better, but hopefully it makes their business better too. And I think it's being like really honest with yourself about what you really need. It's really interesting. Just the other day I had a call with a client who's starting to feel like she needs an assistant. But then further on in the call, so as we explored that, and then further on in the call, she was realizing that what she really needs right now is PR help. She's about to launch a book into the world, a self-published book. And what she really needs is help getting it featured in national press and in different places. And she was like, wait a minute. I can I was suggested I was like what if you put some budget right now more into PR support instead of just having a general assistant and she was like yeah that makes a lot more sense and so I think it's also I just think it's really easy to get to a point where you're really busy in your business and your brain just goes oh I need an assistant yeah whereas if you're a little bit more discerning and a little bit more like if you break it down a little bit you might actually find wait I need to eliminate a few things that I'm doing that don't actually make full sense for me right now I need a very specialized person who can take this specialized thing off my hands so that I can the question you always ask yourself is like, where is my real work happening? And also a lot of people do things in their business 
that don't need to be done it's just yes. busy work yeah it's like just posting blog posts when you don't need to be posting that many blog posts yeah or posting that much on instagram when you don't or need like to be having a scheduled amount of tweets that go out every day and all that sort of stuff a lot of it's just busy some of it is just busy work some of it's and a lot of the time we've been told it's essential yeah, you yeah. see these businesses that do it so you assume it's a hallmark of success but they're a lot of the time they're doing it because there's someone that they're paying to do it and yeah. that's the whole story I guess the other thing to say about an assistant is I would recommend before you do it, actually sit down and look at what you would delegate and how that would look. Because one of the things I've really found about delegating, and this is just my husband who sat opposite me, is it is not as simple as just forwarding a ton of emails and then they're actioned. It comes back. It comes back with more questions. There's an awful lot of like training them up to understand your business and understand your platforms and your software and your style of working. And it can often actually take more time at the start Mm -hmm. than simply doing it yourself. And that can be really frustrating if you're in quite a moment of like stretched time in your business. Oh, I've completely seen that for all of my clients who've brought in assistance. There's such a teething period. Yeah. This is where I found that it actually, the dream is to get someone like you've got Naomi. Yeah. Who's worked through your brand before, who's invested in your brand and who brings something to the table that's really impactful to the business. To have a partner in crime in that way is invaluable and this is why I think a lot of people when they're searching for assistance they ask their audience yeah they put the jobs back out and they see who comes back in because the key thing is they've got to be invested you can't just be a paycheck for them no they've they've got got to be be invested invested. and this is the thing like I'm at the point now me and Rory keep saying it might be useful for our marriage (laughs) as well as for the business if I had something like a PA someone who was kind of working as an assistant and taking some of like the booking my travel and all those sorts of things because at the moment it falls to Rory and it becomes a kind of a point of conflict for us and the only good kind of PAs we know are all like retired PAs from schools that we used to work in like women of kind of in their 60s and they're all brilliant PAs but there's the fear of whether they'd be understanding my kind of business Mm. because their background in their industry has always been so different. Yeah completely and I think it's I don't know, anyone listening to this who's feeling like they're at capacity and they're wondering automation, delegation, elimination, I think the first, just the first question to ask yourself is what kind of business am I building here? How do I want this to look? How do I need this to function? And then if you need support and you need help, write that job spec down, get really clear on who it is, be willing to do the work it takes to get a good team member on board because there will be a teething period. If you want them to be a good employee, you therefore also have to be a good boss. Yeah, you have to set clear boundaries. I heard this beautiful thing. Brene Brown was on Goop, Gwyneth Powell, controversial person, Goop podcast, and she was saying that something she does with her team is when she asks them to do something, they now have a system where they go and what does finished, what does done look like? Because she was finding that she'd ask them to do something, but they weren't doing it in the way she wanted them to, or in the or in the timeline. So now they ask, what does done look like? And she tells them it looks like doing it in this time frame in this way. And I thought, oh my god, that must save so much conflict in the workplace. for someone to be really clear on what's expected of them so if you have an assistant I don't know if that's like a tool you can use um, for the people listening is that they can ask you on what does done or you write down the email and this is what done looks like actually from the automation slash I know the the letter writer asked about the practicalities of delegating so something else that I have used quite a lot is asana Oh, like a task manager. It's a task manager that you can have as a team. You can do things like set up recurring tasks. You add them to your list. You add them to their list. It can be contingent because quite often it is like you can't send that email out until your assistant does this other thing or vice versa. So I would say it's a free platform that you can use. It's all confidential. It's really, really useful if you are 
trying to set up that system of delegating to somebody or sharing a workload in that way oh completely and there's slack which you can use or flock yeah. to stay in touch throughout the day i'm actually going to put down there's a being boss episode from years ago about how they manage their teams oh that'd be really that useful. i think might be helpful for people and i know the other thing that i'll let her write rest today is about the financial side of delegating mm. and i think this is where i imagine for you, you i'm guessing here that you only delegated when you were more than financially ready to yes i mean the advice that you'll quite often hear is that if you are struggling to meet your workload by delegating you will make more money because you'll free yourself up but it's a generalization and it's going to be so different for everybody's business so I would say really look at what you'll be able to do with the time that you're freeing up and if that is stuff that's money making stuff then it's a no-brainer but if it's something else like it's going to give you more time to to be creative and, and do the design elements it's a harder decision and it might be one you have to defer until you've got the financial stability to support it yeah it's such it's such a unique situation to your financial circumstance for me I wouldn't want to make any decision that caused stress no for me any financial decision life or work for me is can I do this without it causing stress and I guess this is the balance we're talking about isn't it because sometimes you're so overworked that spending the money alleviates the stress and sometimes you're not at that point and actually spending the money is only going to add to your stress and it's a tipping point and you've kind of got to find it for yourself. And the thing to keep in mind that is if you're running your business, if you're truly in control of it, if you're steering the ship, you control how overworked you get, which I think isn't, your, your business isn't happening to you. Yeah. You're allowing everything onto the plate. You're saying yes or no to everything. And so it all starts with you ultimately. And you are either building a business where you know that there's going to be so much you're building a certain type of business where you know you're going to want support to help you maintain the business or you might want to build a business like my business where you don't want many people on but you just want to hire people now and again to do specific things and I think it's just I I feel like I've said this 50 million times but I feel like in the whole delegation conversation (laughs) rhyming here we don't talk enough about how the the initial decision of what you want your business to look like so then people end up just down a path yeah of like well this is what you just have an assistant or you just have this you just have that and actually you're in control of the whole damn thing and you can change it at any point yeah you could suddenly decide to eliminate a whole load of tasks which takes a whole lot of staff with it if that's where you've built yourself up to and i think it's just uh there's no quick way to do this i imagine it must be really hard if you have something you want to delegate and you can't afford to yeah do you know what I mean yeah like I know many of my clients who are podcasters who wish they could outsource editing but can't yeah I remember when struggling so hard to build a wordpress site that could do all the things I needed it to do and desperately wishing I had the money to get someone to just come and help me and that's just where like the hustle of the early days comes in yeah of, like done is better than perfect and you learn such a lot and actually I don't delegate anything until I've really mastered it myself because Mm -hmm. I find I need to know what it actually involves what it looks like what their process is going to be so I've got realistic expectation of how long it'll take them and how much effort and what they'll need but also so I know how to meet the standard I want and how to communicate that to the other person completely something else people might find helpful if they're writing out a job spec for the person they want to hire is to also write a job spec out for themselves yeah because some people are a CEO I think you're more of a CEO than like a business owner even like Mm. you are running the whole ship and managing the whole thing and you have a team doing some of the everyday stuff for you does that sound right to you yeah it's kind of a mixture because I'm also the vision right there on the ground doing like the website tinkering still yeah yeah but you're you're the visionary and you're steering the whole ship and if you had to do every bit of the minutiae to run it you couldn't yeah and there is a point when you're like why am I doing this like why am I trying to fix this calendar error 
when I've got other people who could yeah. actually be doing this. You've and got more top level things that your business needs. Yeah. You. So some people are in that CEO type role. Some people are more in like a freelancer, like service based role. Yeah. And then some, like, for example, I've had clients who are designers and just hiring a design assistant who can take off some of the, yeah. or like photographers who hire editors. Yeah. There are different things you can do to outsource even that workload. And then there may be content creators who outsource video editing, podcast editing, photography. It's really getting clear on what is your job role and then what is the support that you need to support your job role. And there'll be someone who will want to do it. Like if there is a job you do in your business, there will be a way to outsource it if you need to. The good thing is it's an entire ecosystem. Yeah. Like you need a PA, a virtual PA will be so happy to do that. You need a podcast editor, you need a photographer. It's We're all here able to employ other self-employed people to help us with what we do. Yeah, and I, I really love that. And one of my favorite things to see is actually like somebody getting so established in their business that they start to creep out my price range from like the early days I, I think that's a really lovely thing to kind of awesome. grow alongside each other definitely well I hope this has been helpful I think everyone's got so many different experiences with this thing so I think it'd be awesome to hear from all the listeners what their thoughts and feelings are on this definitely and there's probably gaps and things we've not talked about so if you have any follow-up questions remember you can write to us at any time our website is letters from a hopeful creative.com and you can submit a letter at any time there we're recording every couple of weeks so we're picking things up all the time and if you want to join in the conversation our hashtag is dear hopeful creative and we would love to hear your thoughts on all of these things over on twitter and instagram yeah thank you for listening we hope you have a good day you can join us at letters from a hopeful creative.com and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and Orla. and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we're going to be sharing new episodes so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon